This is Mark, a.k.a. Thorn678, because I'm Thorn on your side. And I'm here to talk about my welcome back to Neverborn and reclaiming what is ours. Some housekeeping. Listen to my one-man band project on Spotify. Artist named Chalice of Thorns. Listen to my friend Pete's podcast, Rage Quit Wire. Although you probably already do if you're listening to this. And honestly, he produces a much better product. It's probably actually worth listening to. So, when I first started Malifaux, I played... Um, Hamlin was my first master that I played a game with. And I was like, eh, I'm too dumb for this. And then I played Seamus, and I was like, eh, 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 this just doesn't feel for me. I love the aesthetic. It's like the, the aesthetic that drew me to the game to begin with way back when in first edition, even though I never got the first edition crew for Seamus, but it was Seamus that drew me in. Uh, and then I played Ma and or McMorning and then Ma, and I kind of jumped around a little bit until I finally settled into really enjoying Neverborn and got um, most of my games in with that for, I don't know, a year, year and a half, two years maybe, something like that, I'm not sure now. It all has kind of blurred together, this whole Hamlin that has spread across the world. Um, I really love the aesthetic of Neverborn, but... At the time, I wasn't ready for them. I was just having a miserable time every game because I, I couldn't get them to work. Uh, when I first started, I was a very poor player. I, I just I, I couldn't seem to get things to work. I had a hard time keeping track of pools and schemes and remembering the wording of schemes and constantly gotcha-ing myself by doing things wrong. Like revealing schemes when I didn't understand them and I didn't actually have the points yet. Now my opponent knows what what I'm doing. I did that constantly. Um, I was a very cagey defensive player, which is not what Neverborn is at all. They're not a defensive faction other than, other than Dreamer, um, who just is good at everything. So, uh, and Titania is defensive, but I couldn't both harness her tankiness and her aggression to score points. Although I did do better with her than the other non-Dreamer Masters in the faction. I played Zoraida pitifully. I did okay with Pandora. Um, I did okay with Marcus. Um, I did okay with Lucius. Um, eh, it was not so much the Masters. It was more like I was getting better with experience. But the, they just weren't for me at that time, which I've talked about being a heartbreak, because I, the, the faction is my favorite faction aesthetically and lore-wise. I just couldn't get it to work, and, you know, you know, the game isn't about winning, losing, it's about playing the game, blah, 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 yada, 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 hippity-bippity. So, but it's not fun to just get stomped every single game. It's very demoralizing, especially when you're just banging your head on the dojo wall trying to figure out how to win and actually taking that way too far and and um, becoming obsessive and costing uh, relationships and mental health but that's a topic for another episode that maybe one of these days I'll get the guts to record so I went into Explorers and absolutely loved it and really was able to unlock what I call my my current playstyle, which is hyper-aggressive and lots of movement shenanigans. Um, 
so going back to Neverborn, which is going to be my first game this Saturday, not sure yet which master. It's between Dreamer 2, Titania 1, and Lucius 2, kind of depending on board setup and honestly how I feel as I'm driving over to my friend's house with Screaming Child in tow. So trying to analyze why would Neverborn be good for me now and how did I get to that point? Well, Explorer Society is a bit of a well-balanced faction. And what I mean by that is they are good at uh, movement despite their movement stats being low. I mean, their, their willpower stats are low, but um, besides that, they have decent scheming potential, decent combat potential, and movement shenanigans galore. And the movement shenanigans are what I really needed to unlock my ability to be more aggressive. Which seems almost counterintuitive because it wasn't um, very... They're not, it's not super obvious. You, you activate this model to move that one, and then this one to move that one. You're doing all of this out-of-activation movement to get to where you want to go. Or in my case, um, get in my opponent's face. And then lock them down there. So what I'm hoping to do is Neverborn is much more killy than Explorer Society. So what I'm hoping to get out of this move back to the OG Malifaux faction is be able to not just lock down my opponent in places, in positions on the board, but to also kill them. It is very rare, especially lately, that there are like any deaths on the board. And when they are, when there are, they're usually mine, and it's usually like one or two. There hasn't been a lot of death in our games lately, and by lately I mean like the past like ten. Um, so I'm hoping that I'll be able to harness both the aggression and then get in there and get stuff get stuff dead while uh, scoring my other schemes. What also helped in Explore Society was I was able to take more marker type schemes which I just didn't really do with Neverborn because I was like well they can't do these types of things so which uh, in retrospect I realized isn't true necessarily it was just they did it in different ways I saw Lucius and Euripides as the schemers and this is before the damned um, but I didn't really have the capability of using them to their potential so now, in a post-Malifaux Burns world, I'm going back to Neverborn, hopefully being able to harness more of the aggression, but what also gets brought to the table is the, the are the titles. Now, interestingly, the titles would have done better for me uh, when I was first playing Neverborn, than now that I'm going back to Neverborn, for the most part. So, for example, Titania, I would have done much better at the beginning of our Malifaux foray if Titania 2 were available. But now I look at Titania 2 and I'm like, mm, nah, not for me. I'm sure that there are specific pools, like I just feel like playing Titania, or I just feel like playing her opponent, pool, table, yada, yada, yada. I don't know if I was to bring Titania in some sort of 
solo master tournaments or something, which probably won't happen until fourth edition. Um, I don't know. Uh, Lucius one, I just I, I don't see how I or why I would use Lucius one when I can use Lucius two in any instance that I can think of. Now, caveat on that, I don't have a lot of experience yet with Lucius two, but I just in a lot of theory crafting, which I do a lot of theory crafting when I'm at work because I have moments of downtime here and there just because of the nature of my job. It's like high-intensity interval training. I, uh, you know, I, I work hard for a burst, and then I have a lull for a few minutes. And I work hard for a burst, and then I have a lull for a few minutes. Um, it's just uh, healthcare. I don't know, whatever. Um, anyway, nobody cares. Um, Lucius Two does everything that I want Lucius One to do, and with the changes to changelings. There's even more opportunity to capitalize on what I feel like the changelings were meant to do. There was too much Rube Goldberg and Lucius One. The redundancy of just like you was like, okay, yeah, I draw my cards. I didn't score any points, but hey, I drew cards. It just it didn't work out very well. And I've mentioned before that they have one of my favorite attacks, um, unassuming demeanor, which attacks willpower and negatives are treated as positives on the damage flip. For one, two, three. So you're hitting two or three, and that's coming from a model that is a size one stealth disguise that can warp across the board. So it just gives you massive, massive potential for attacking. Activate, you teleport 12 inches across the board, actually 13, like 14 inches across the board when you take into account your placing, if you place on the other side and the size of your base. And then it's a one-inch engagement range, so we're talking 15 inches. You can attack something 15 inches away. That's nuts. You know, it's not the the first mate or bad juju or something, but it's it, it, that's not bad. One, two, three negatives is positives. Um, and secret passage makes them able to warp around the board. Like I'm very excited for this master um, because. I really enjoyed Anya, and I get to be kind of Anya-like with this, but in a different way, in the more never-born way. Uh, Marcus, I didn't do super great with Marcus 1. Um, maybe Marcus 2 would be better for me. Um, it kind of depends, but I think he kind of has the problem as well. Why would I use 1 over, over 2? As is the problem with a lot of the um, Masters. Not... not original masters specifically but even some of the title masters like well, why would i take this now again we're still early in malifaux burns into the title system and a new gg is due to come out soon so maybe maybe that will change i don't know anyway um zoraida one was somebody you would think i would do really well with but i just sucked so hard with her to like almost embarrassing levels I was so bad with her. Um, it's funny, you can take the most horrifying master in the game, put her in my hands, and she's nothing. Um, I, a favorite memory of Zoraida is when um, Parker had her engaged, and um, she just, like, face-tanked him for half the game. It was pretty funny. 
I mean, it was a it was a loss for me. One, I lost the game, and two, the fact that he had me engaged was a loss for me because then I couldn't really do anything else. Like he had me, uh, not kidnapped isn't exactly the right word, but he trapped her to where I couldn't make use out of her. And I think most of my stuff that would have been good to use her obey with were dead anyway. And you can't obey your master, so. Zoraida 2, ho ho boy howdy. Am I excited for Zoraida 2? Oh man, she, uh, she's she got a very explorer-like master card, and I can't wait to play it. It's going to be a lot of fun. Making bad juju, move 6, defense 4, wah wah. But better than 3. He might win a defensive duel once in a while now. And then being able to uh, um, beaten path, I think it's called him up the board, and just card draw. Yeah. <laughs> Make the first mate move seven and have a stat seven attack. Oh man, this is so good. I can't, uh, it's, it's so good. It's ridiculous. The changes to um, God Triple Cores. Um, I wish that their thing, the consolidate power wasn't minion only, but what can you do? I think it's ridiculous for a stat, for a cost six minion to have an obey. Like that, I don't. I don't um, fault that needing to change, but I don't know. It kind of feels like they maybe overdid it. There was definitely too many shenanigans on the cores, and you saw them too much in fighting. Um, but it is what it is. I, I'm not super stoked about being able to summon effigies. I think for the most part, I would be summoning the intrepid effigy uh, for a few reasons. One. Uh, the Mysterious Emissary is cute, but not super useful. Um, the Brutal Effigy, eh. The Arcane Effigy uh, could be useful for some condition removal. If you're facing conditions and you didn't prep for it, I guess, or that is your prep for it, maybe. Um, I think that Eldritch Magic is a very powerful um, upgrade in the right situation as upgrades should be. Um, and the carrion effigy, almost useless in this crew. Unless you, know, you have effigies for days all over the table and you just, you, you know, that's the one you own. Um, I actually don't own the brutal effigy. The lost effigy, is it not the lost effigy? Is it the lost effigy? The hodgepodge effigy. Hey, Lost Effigy, that's a cool name, though. Anyway, the Hodgepodge Effigy, um, he would be, he could be useful. So anyways, right at you, looking forward to it. Much more in tune with my former playstyle. Or my newer playstyle, rather. Uh, Pandora 2, I, oh man, um, I really like Aversions. So being, the idea of being able to summon them um, sounds very appealing to me. Um, what I'm excited for with Pandora 2 is being able to justifiably hire Cade and Teddy because I don't need the points for minions necessarily. So I may actually be able to pull that off. And of course, the, the fact that she's like nigh invincible just sounds ridiculous. Dreamer 2, so I'm not super sold on Dreamer 2, um, as 
being, I don't know, better in one way than Dreamer 1 or vice versa. I, I would like all the titles to just complement the alternate version. So my plans with Dreamer 2 is I'm hoping that um, Dreamer 2 doesn't cause my opponent tilt and that I'll be able to bring Dreamer because it's my favorite master in the game without feeling bad about it because uh, you know, the social contract, I don't want to upset my opponent with master t or with tilt by taking Dreamer 1. So I'm hoping that it's that his gameplay mechanisms are more acceptable to my um, two-man meta social contract. So we'll see how that goes. Um, oh, am I missing any masters? Oh, Euripides too. Um, so I can... I, I, it, I've heard it said that Euripides 2 is always better than Euripides 1. I, I mean... I'm not a vassal World Series expert player by any means, but I can see the case for either one, depending probably more on the board and possibly opponent. I think if you're playing against Raspi 2 or 1, well, either Raspi, if you're playing against either Raspi, you probably don't want to bring Euripides 1. Um, but I could be wrong about that. Um, Euripides 2 is definitely more aggressive and at the same time being more defensive. So I'll be interested to see if they um, adjust Yuri 1, but I can. I was analyzing the cards and uh, I definitely thought that Euripides 1 had play given certain situations. And, you know, that's that's a fine place for the titles to be to, to be into. You know, this one may be more of a generalist and then this other title, whether it be the OG or the new title, is more specialized in certain matchups. That's totally fine. As long as it, because that's complimentary, and that I can I can live with that. Um, there's been some a lot of changes to Malifaux since I last played Neverborn. I think I played um, was it half uh, all the way through GG one, GG two obviously changed a lot of things. Um, and also, we have the Malasaurus Rex. Like, the, I didn't play Neverborn when Explorer Society, Beyond McCabe, and Bass were a thing. So I, I didn't have the Malasaurus Rex. I have access to any of that stuff. Um, and there's the new starter. Klaus and Hildegard are situationally really good. Um... I have Wrath now. I'd really like to get Wrath on the table. He seems like a really fun model and really kind of control the center of the board kind of model. Obviously, the advent of titles. I'm, it, it's, I'm excited to play. I'm excited to play the, the new Neverborn and, and really get into um, get into my opponent and see what they can do and see if I can finish the job that I always start with explorers, i.e. causing death. Quote Pete from Rage Quit Wired, just want to say good Dreamcast and run in there and last ditch ever kill stuff. So, uh, thanks for listening. I'll be publishing an episode next week about how our game went that's coming up on the Saturday. I still don't know what master I'm playing, so I'll talk about that the schemes, the strategies, the pools, etc. So far, we know it's Neverborn versus Ten Thunders, but that's as far as it's gone.